the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, hello, everybody. It's RJ Salveson, Eric Franson. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> I always usually have to keep that part on there just for kicks and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> Bueno, 69 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Grateful to have you along, however and wherever you are joining us here on a Tuesday evening. Hope you guys' day is just as good as this weather has been for us. Enjoy it while it lasts. It won't last for long. As you know, in Utah, it, it switches in a heartbeat. Hey, USU men's basketball finally gets their season underway officially tonight. Montana State comes to town. Reversals has the rule reversal has flipped, and we'll explain what we mean Coming up as you listen to Craig Smith and Sam Merrill Audio in about the 5 o'clock hour. Eric's going to head to practice. He'll come back with his thoughts on uh, this team that is really, to be all intents and purposes, blunt, is reeling really badly right now in a downward spiral that they have not been able to get out of in two weeks. Searching for some answers. Uh, So it'll be interesting to get uh, uh, a sense of how things are going this week as they resume conference play and games that matter. Uh, on the road at Fresno State, which a couple of weeks ago I would have said very winnable game for USU. Now, not so sure. Uh, Vegas odds makers feeling similar. Uh, the the uh, Fresno State Bulldogs opened as two point favorites, and I mean they set those lines maybe on Sunday. It's already moved to six. Ninety eight percent of the money is going on Fresno State to cover the spread, so they think. What that means is people that are placing bets are putting all their money that they think that Fresno State will beat Utah State by a greater margin than what they originally set it at. So can Utah State prove them wrong? Can they find themselves? Because the last few weeks have been kind of rough. Not just kind of, they've been very rough. Yeah, I was going to say, you might want to rephrase that. And And look, can I I just one more thing to add to this? Yeah, please. It is absolutely in every Aggie fan's right to be concerned and critical of what's going on with Utah State football. Well, yeah. Dude, you buy the tickets. You want to see a product on the field that's going to be productive. I've had a few people uh, approach me or I've seen it in a few places saying, hey, we should be, if we're Aggie fans, we should be nothing but supportive of the team. You can do both, by the way. I think they don't need to be mutually exclusive. In fact, I would argue that being concerned and critical is being a fan and is being supportive. If we were to just sit back and say, hey, good job for going out there and trying hard, guys. We love you. You're Aggies. Whether you win or lose, you're winners in our hearts. I just, okay, I get that, but... Gosh, let's just give them a medal for showing up. Here's the thing. Let's give everybody a medal in the Mountain West Conference. You participated. Let's put a medal around your your neck and say, thanks for being here. There's let's not do a conference championship game because that might feel make make other people feel upset that they weren't able to get there. Heaven forbid we hurt someone's feelings. So I think it is in every fan's right to be concerned. I think we all understood that this season would be more difficult than last. The schedule was going to be more complicated. It was going to be more challenging because of the the way that the Mountain West schedule worked out. 
And we knew that there were a lot of great players that were no longer on the team from last year's high-powered, very potent offense, really good defense. Here's the thing. If we, Eric, you and I would lose so much credibility that we might even lose our show if we were to go out there and sugarcoat everything that's going on. To say, hey, everything's okay. This offense is going to get it back together. The defense has been just fine. Everything is going to be okay. We're going to win the Mountain West Championship uh, with ease. We would lose so much credibility and so much respect from the listeners because they want to know. It would be painfully when, obvious that you're not paying attention. Exactly. They when they listen to our show, they want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear a sugarcoat version of what happened in the past two weeks. They don't want to hear a sugarcoat version of what we think will happen this Saturday. They want to hear the spot on truth. And if I'm wrong, please, 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 please let me know. Call in at 435-752-1069 and tell me that I'm wrong. That I, I will absolutely, uh, I'd love to hear your side. I'll say that. You can find us on Twitter at eFrance and I'm at Salvi. Tweet at us or call us or whatever and let us know if we are in the wrong that we feel that we lose credibility if we were not honest and truthful with you, the listeners that deserve to hear the honest to heaven truth, which is that this Aggie football team is not good right now. I think you have to be mindful too, though, of how you are critical. I don't think. Oh yeah, sure. Look, tweeting at players is not good. Yeah, is don't not do good. That. Don't tweet at their it's moms. A big no, no. Stop it. Um, don't do that. Take it from me. Uh, <laughs> I had a moment of weakness one night after a basketball game, and it came back to haunt me. Um, that was it's dude. unprofessional. Don't do oh, it. Yeah, don't do it. Take it from somebody who's walked that line. Um, the, the players are out there trying to do what they can. Um, but you have to be aware of you know, sometimes if, if a player is not making it happen. Don't go at that player so much. Yeah. Come to us. Go to the adults. Come to us. Right. Come to us and say, look, we don't agree with what's going on here. We don't like seeing what this is going on there. Come to us. We're your therapist. We'll listen to the event. We'll try to talk you through it. But don't go after the player on Twitter, Don't, and especially face-to-face. Like, don't go egg Tipanali's door. That just is not going to end well for you. <laughs> Uh, four three five seven five two one zero six nine. Again, at E France, and I'm at AJ Salvi here on the Full Court Press one zero six nine FM thirteen ninety AM. The fan. Tomorrow is our in the know of the Fresno State Bulldogs. We're working on a couple of interviews, hoping to have them set and ready to go tomorrow. We'll find out. Uh, but we'll get you all in the info you need on who Fresno State is, what they bring to the table, uh, and the problems uh, that they could present. They are a very well. They're becoming a good football team at the right time. Is is the proper way to put it? Wow, and, and uh, I mean, I don't know if they're becoming a good football team, but they are getting a little bit more on track. Yeah, that's what I just said. So I don't, but I don't look who they've faced, who they've defeated. Not great teams, but this should be a, this should be a, a winnable game for Utah State. What happened last week? Put it behind you. It's conference time. Uh, these last four games are the games that matter. So, you know, I love, we'll see. I saw a, uh, a university employee tweet out something really good and it, and it hit me really good. And it's, and you brought up the point without even me telling you, he, uh, he had said, this employee had said, not the results we were looking for tonight, 
but I'm still proud to be a Utah State Aggie. And then he says, on a, one side note, if you have something negative to say to a student athlete, tweet at me, please, not them. We have great students. We forget that these are 18, 19, 21-year-old kids playing in, in front of thousands and thousands of fans. You going and tweeting at them something derogatory or negative about them, especially if it's in a personal manner, is the absolutely worst decision you could possibly make. Like, I mean, and worst yeah. judgment, you should delete your account. Be better. Yeah, you know better. I mean, like I said, that's what... Be better fans about that. I mean, you can... Like I'm saying, you can be critical of the program. You can be critical of coaching decisions um, and maybe even be critical of how something is playing out on the field or on a court, but don't message them. Don't include them in your tweets or your Facebook posts so that they it comes up on their feeds. Just trust me. Take my word for it. Don't do it. Yeah. It's, un, it's, it's not cool. Uh, Utah State football gets ready for Fresno State. That's a 5 o'clock game. And again, if you missed it yesterday, Wyoming, Utah State next week at Maverick Stadium is 2 o'clock on ESPN University. That's right, 2 o'clock. It's a day game. You have no reason to be at home sitting watching the game. Get out there and go support this Aggie football team. Go get your tickets at utahstateaggies.com or go to the ticket offices and get your tickets. Let those ticket people help you out so you can go support these Aggies in person. Um... And, and, and really, that's the biggest thing is they need right now is, is your encouragement, your support. I mean, I, I understand that you're upset and frustrated and concerned about the Aggies, but it um, doesn't say you shouldn't go to the game. Right. These are, uh, these are important games. These are big games. These are conference games now that, that matter uh, the most. Um, Utah State's still trying to get bowl eligible. So uh, those players absolutely feed off of the energy of, from the crowd. Uh, by the way, speaking of getting your tickets, if you want to get your tickets tonight, Montana State at Utah State tonight. That's an 8 o'clock start. Again, 8 o'clock start. Pre-game at 7. Correct? No? Sorry, what? I was reading about people who are going to play different roles in the upcoming Batman reboot. What did you just say? Andy Circus. No, no, Colin really. Please Farrell keep gonna... going. What's, what's, what's going on in the Batman reboot? <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted. No, I really love to know. On Twitter for a second. Is Joker going to be in that? Uh, no, it's going to be the uh, Penguin will be in the back. They need to get Joe Quinn, the, uh, Phoenix, that Joe Quinn Phoenix guy. They need to get him in that movie. He was so good. Uh, sorry, you were saying? No, you just, no, you threw a wrench into that conversation. <laughs> Forget really it. Sorry. No, we're done. We're moving on now, buddy. Okay. You lost your opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> the 2019-20 season starts tonight. Don't forget, a big one. A absolutely big one. This Friday night against Weber State, Randy Ray comes back again to the spectrum where he'll face Craig Smith. This will be a coaching battle. Chess versus chess match. It's, it's going to be fun. I can't wait for Weber State Friday night. It's an in-state rivalry game. I'm glad they play it. Uh, Weber State has always played USU tough and vice versa. Um and uh, this Utah State, a lot of eyes on the Aggies to see how they do this year compared to how they did last year. And how will they look without Namiya Keda in the post? Uh, how will they do rotating through different players in those positions? So, uh, yeah, big game tonight to get it started. And then it's a, kind of an emotional in-state game on Friday, which honestly... I like I like having a rivalry game, an in-state rivalry game early in the schedule 
not maybe necessarily Utah or BYU, but I, I like having a game that mean, has a lot of significance early in the schedule. So it's not kind of a, yeah, we can ease into it. Let's see how we look. Let's work on a few things. It's like, bam, right away, you got to get into it and be focused and dialed in. Because Utah State, has their timetable of being good <laughs> has to be quick. Yeah, now. Because they've got a great non-conference schedule where a lot of eyes will be on them, and it could make a big difference about how things could play out in March. So they've got to get themselves sharpened and ready early, earlier than perhaps they would have had the luxury of a year ago or a few years ago. Yeah, uh, and this schedule is very, very, well, excuse me, the non-conference schedule is very taxing for how many games they got and very little practice time. And again, in the 5 o'clock hour, you'll hear from Coach Smith of, what that means in regards of practices and getting people because they did they brought out a bunch of you know game plan material for these younger guys to be able to or new guys I should say to come in and and you know to grasp and I mean you go day after day after day and pounding that game plan in their head hopefully they'll get it sooner than later because once you get into next week I mean it's go 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 uh, in fact I was just looking at the the uh, Sorry, I was just looking at the U, uh, Utah State basketball schedule here, if I can type correctly. And they have five home games to – close to five home games to start, right? You know, you got Montana State and Weber State at home. Denver and North Carolina A&T at home. And then you uh, – Texas San Antonio at home. And then you – and then you've got LSU in Jamaica, North Texas in Jamaica, St. Mary's – St. Mary's at St. Mary's five days later from Jamaica. Five days, right? So you got to get jet lag out of you. Right. You come reset, home. Come home. And after then, playing some tough teams. Yeah. Far away from home. Come home. You got to get the jet lag out of you, right? Reset. And then go play a team that got embarrassed and has a big chip on their shoulder about what happened a year ago. Yeah. Don't. Who is also a preseason top 25 team. I saw a St. Mary's beat writer. Do something really interesting. He tweeted out, uh, St. Mary's, when he talked to the players and coaches, they have that Utah State game circled, squared, and starred on their calendar. They want them back so badly. And so going up to that, uh, let's go up to St. Mary's. Here's your amount of day breaks in between each game. You ready for this? Three, four, three, three, four, but you're going to Jamaica Two, then five. But you, from that that five day break includes traveling home from from Jamaica, getting some, uh, you know, I and guess, then another travel day to get to. Yeah, Saint finding Maris. that. I mean, getting rid of the jello out of your legs from traveling that much and playing two games in Jamaica, turning around, going to California and playing on the West Coast, and then you get a nice little break until you face San Jose State and Fresno State in a three day span. So, and then they get that, and then they finally get a full week break between that and BYU on December 14th at Vivint Smart Home Arena. I mean, it's. It's going to be a really fun stretch, AJ. Yeah. For, I mean, so yeah. I was already excited for this 2019 2020 USU basketball season based on what they did last year, who's coming back, the excitement coming into the season. But considering. What's happened with football the last few weeks? It makes it maybe even that more exciting. (laughs) 
just you know looking forward to something that uh, might be a little bit more entertaining have a little more success easy i hate to say it but i think there's that's a lot of fans are kind of feeling that way they're maybe a little more anxious for basketball to to get started 2001 to 2004 days of when's basketball season start right (laughs) Uh, yeah, I hope it turns around. I think it can for USU football. It can. Absolutely, it absolutely can. can. Absolutely it can. You, but you have to beat Fresno. Yep. You lose to Fresno, you're staring at a stretch where you've got to either... It becomes a tailspin that becomes hard, really hard to get out of. Because as Some we mentioned... Some tailspins, if it's, you catch it early enough, you can pull out and be okay. And as we mentioned, the bowl, like the guarantee of a bowl at 6-6 six and six is no longer there. That, that Those days are long gone. No, Hawaii you, and yeah. Nevada are already close. Wyoming's already there. Wyoming, uh, Air Force, Boise. Nevada's two wins away. I mean, now you great. Now, granted, there Nevada's was a non-conference. Now, now there was a non-conference schedule that was quite brutal to you, and include Wake Forest and LSU, who are both very good football teams. And you beat San Diego State, but you have to. I mean, if you want to compete in this Mount West Conference for a championship, which as as gloom and doom as it is or seems like right now after losing to BYU, it has no standing or effect in any way, shape, or form on a Mount West Conference championship. Now, let me let me clarify. Even if you do sweep that Fresno, Wyoming, Boise State stretch, and then of course you finish off and beat New Mexico, you gotta hope that either Boise State falls, or but especially that Air Force loses. You need Air Force to lose another game. Yeah, and their toughest game is Wyoming at home. That's their really their toughest game from here on out. The rest of the way. So there are four teams in the Mountain West already bowl eligible. Two more just need one more win. Who is that? That's Hawaii and Nevada. They awesome. both have five wins. Okay. So that's six teams right there. That four already. Two more that'll be really close. Should be able to get it done. Can Utah State be the seventh team? If they are, they I think they have to be the seven wins to get a bowl game. I don't know. I mean, if if a bowl selection is looking at a six and six Nevada team and a six and six Utah State team, my guess is they would take USU over Nevada, but because of who they've played. But who knows? Don't leave it to chance like that. We saw what happened in Wyoming a year ago. Yeah, and then guess who they got beat out by? BYU. Mm-hmm. They lost their spot to BYU who went and throttled Western Kentucky. So again, uh, I it's not over yet. There's still a chance to get on track, but a Fresno State win or a win at Fresno State would really do absolute wonders before you come home and play a tough, tough Wyoming team. By the way, Wyoming news today, their starting quarterback, Chambers, is out for the year. As a knee injury, That's he will be news. out. Tyler Vanderwall will be their quarterback. Uh, Utah State played well at Wyoming a year ago when Vanderwall was the starter, but when he went out and Chambers came in, it was close. If Chambers played the entire game, I'm not entirely sure USU would have won that game a year ago. Um, so... Uh, he's, he was prone to making mistakes and throwing interceptions, and the Utah State defense got after him a little bit better than they did against Chambers because he was more mobile. Um, so that's uh, that's some news out of Wyoming, and there's news out of New Mexico as well. They're starting quarterback not playing because of discipline issues, and then news today also that one of their players died? Yeah, uh, their defensive end passed away. They have not released the uh, the cause of it. Um, 
That's that's really tough. That team's already having a tough year. In fact, they've, um, I guess it's really easy to say that. I mean, they've had a tough two years. Uh, and, 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 I mean, there's the whole Bob Davey, if he's even going to make it through after the year is over with. But, uh, yeah. The yeah, I don't know. Man, it's... It, it's a... It's pretty messy in yeah. Albuquerque. I would be shocked if Coach Davey is is a head coach next year. I was surprised that he was the head coach coming into this season, but um, I mean they've only won two games. They're zero and five in conference play. If you just look at the record, he should be gone. But there's a lot of other things off the field that uh, don't look good for Bob Davey and his coaching staff. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, Eric's got to leave to go get to Utah State practice here uh, just before the hour ends. So we're going to get our stat and player of the week in early. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, go from there. And we also got to talk NCAA college football playoff talk. That release released the first round of the re- released rankings. The first of six, I should say, will be released at 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN. Make sure you tune into that to see where, well, where the nearest G5 team does land. And how about Utah? Do they have a shot? We'll uh, get into that and more. Colin Farrell, who is that guy? Anyway, what has he played? Is oh, he he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's been in a lot of movies. Because I've always thought really about the, good actor. Yeah, very the problem actor. is, is I've always thought about the penguin being a fat dude, like Danny DeVito. He doesn't have to be fat guy. No, he, he no, he has to be dude because that's Put how him it in was a suit. A, no, because that's how it was in the comic books. Is he was fat, and guy this guy looks like he's more on that fit TV than show Gotham. He's, Richard Simmons. He's skinny as a rail. Okay, that job. no, well, no, the Gotham show is not a good one to go off of. <laughs> it's really bad to go off of. I'm just saying, you got to be fat to play the, the guy role. that does Gollum. Now all of a sudden, I his, my Twitter feed is advanced too do much. You, but anyway, he may he may play the butler, Alfred. Do you know who I've always told I could be played as? Andy Circus, that's his name. Gary Coleman. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. <laughs> Audrey Salves and Eric Franson here on the Full Court Press. Welcome out everyone, wherever you are joining us here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Nearing the 4.30 time. I hope that song's edited. It's on, it's on VFX, so it's got to be edited. <laughs> if you're playing the radio version, you'll be all right. Okay. I was going to say, I am playing the radio version, but you never know. I mean, Tom Brady's getting blasted for saying kryptonite. On Twitter, yeah, dude. So he, so you didn't hear about the story. So he what? sees, yeah. So he saw Ed Reed, and uh, Ed Reed, of course, is one of the best defensive backs in NFL history. Gave Tom Brady all sorts of problems all, every year they played against each other. Tom Brady, as he's walking out into the field, you know, with the team on the way through the locker room or locker hallway, I should say, he sees. He sees Ed Reed and says, oh, my gosh, it's my kryptonite. Of course he's got to be here on this night. Now, they said he had used a racial word uh, saying kryptonite. I, do you know anything? I don't know anything about that. By saying kryptonite, it's, there's racial overtones? I guess so. This is news to me. So, sorry, he's if getting I'm a lot of crap Insensitive, and I don't know that... that Seems like a stretch. I don't. Run, I don't get the connection. It's Tom Brady saying it. So that's why that mean 
They just they have to find something to to pick on the best quarterback ever in football history. But yeah, so <laughs> anyway, it just blows my mind. It's I mean, look, I'm sensitive to it too, but my gosh, let's not overdo it here, people. Hey, uh, I I have to ask you really quickly. Um. Jordan Love has struggled immensely in this season so far. That is, there is no way to state it otherwise. <laughs> He's struggled. He's been bad. There before the season started, you know how this whole sequence goes. Before the season started, there was a Heisman campaign, and mm-hmm. hey, he's going to be a first round quarterback. Do you still see him being drafted in the NFL within the first one, two, or third round? Within the first three rounds, yeah. Um, that's a really, really good question. Not in the first, not in the second. In the third, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I, I think it would be wise for him to play another year. Me too. Um, but the question is, you know, what, is, is he what, do what does he want? Right. Does yeah. he want to go for that opportunity if it's there? And even if it's not a early round, um, still opportunity to uh, get a significant pay increase from what he's doing, which is, you know, from zero to whatever millions. Um, because he, he is struggling right now. If How he finishes out the rest of this year could be really telling. Uh, if he can get on the same page with his rest of his offense and with his offensive coordinator and uh, this team starts scoring points and limiting turnovers... You know, his stock, I think, remains pretty solid. If it, if the trend continues as it is now, where he throws three interceptions to every touchdown, then I don't know that uh, that, that draft stock would be very high. I, and it's interesting, I think a lot of the talk that's going on on these, the national broadcasts that I still see is still a lot based on a year ago. And he's he's been he's been more challenged this year, so I, I don't know. My observation would be it would probably do him so good to play uh, another year, um, maybe with some uh, more experienced offensive line in front of him, and maybe with some help with either some transfers or some JC guys that come in at wide receiver. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what he'll do. There's Again, always the option, too, that he could still play another year of college football, but he transfers somewhere else. Yeah. Um, certainly, you, you, as an Aggie fan, you'd hate to see that. But uh, at the end of the day, Jordan Love's got to do what's best for Jordan Love. And his family. And his family. Yeah. And that's the thing is that it's going to be his decision, and rightfully so. And uh, he will make a decision that he feels best based on what the market looks like in when I say market, money looks like for him. And if there's other options available, what those options look like and if they're more attractive than A, you know, A and B. It's just, I mean, it's how it's how he feels like his career could could catapult if he may if he goes somewhere else or if he does something else. So uh, you know it's just it, it's a topic that's coming up and it's being more intensely scrutinize if I may say just because based on where what the expectations was before the year started and where the thoughts and the I guess analysis stand at this point 
today. Right. I hope he stays. I hope. I love. I hope he stay. gets it. Uh, you know, dialed in, and hope he gets some help uh, around him, which includes a lot of other people doing their job right. And uh, he is a good quarterback. He has the ability to get a ball into tight spaces that are incredible. But he also is prone to miss other opportunities or throw into places where he shouldn't be throwing. So uh, I think he could use a little more time to refine his craft. And I think if he does that and continues to work on it, and it could be a very high draft pick. All right, let's get into our stat that blew our mind and our player of the week. Eric, first, let's start with you. The stat that blew your mind. I hate you. I gave the right paper. Okay, stat that blew my mind. Here we go. The Baltimore Ravens, they're averaging 221, excuse me, 222.1 passing yards a game and 204.9 rushing yards per game. No NFL team has ever averaged 200-plus passing yards and 200-plus rushing yards a game for an entire season. In addition to that, Lamar Jackson is the youngest quarterback in the Super Bowl era to defeat a team that entered the game 8-0 and or better. Wow. I like it. Really interesting. What Baltimore is doing... In the pass game and in the running game. Um, and certainly what they did against New England, can't shake a stick at. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> Nothing against New England. They're oh, a good you, defense. No, you, you're you a hater. They've been... Max they've had Kellerman, a good defense. Colin Coward, which I always said you Baltimore like was him. just that much better. You just... Yeah, yeah, hey, I hate New England. Find a way to scorch him. You, your hate for New England is like Colin Coward's hate for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> What's close to that? Okay, Pretty. what's your stat? So teams one, two, and three in the college football rankings were on a bye this week. Now, why is that significant, Eric? Because it's the first time since 1996 that the top three teams had a bye. Really? Yeah. Holy cow! But I can't find the bye week. So they had the stat, but they didn't have the teams listed. And from '96, we had the bye week. Oh, what those teams were? Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. I mean, I know it's a pain in the butt to find it, to find like what year, you know, the team. Yeah, you got to find the right year, then you got to find the right week. Yeah. The rankings were that week. Yeah. So 1996 is the last time that the top three teams had a bye. And on Saturday, this is a fun one. On Saturday, uh, you have number one Alabama and number two LSU, ranked number one and two in the country in college football. And according to ESPN, Stats and info. This one's kind of more off the fly, but I thought it was so cool. Uh, and then, sorry, Kansas and Duke on Saturday, by the way. So, one, two, and then three and four. It's the first time since December 5th of 1992 that the top four teams in the AP poll will play one another on the same day. It is what also, a great start for college basketball. It is also the first time since I've... Let me make sure I have that stat. 1972... That the number one and two team played each other in basketball, and the number one and two team played each other in football on the same day. On the same day or in the same week? Same day. Wow. That's nuts. It's crazy, huh? That is crazy. Uh, yeah. So, and then our player of the week. Eric, who's your player of the week? My player of the week, I am... I, looking over a couple different things, really impressed with the play this past week of Luka Doncic. 
Mm. Um, here's a guy that uh, has got the Dallas Mavericks playing really good basketball. He got uh, he had a 15 assist triple double at the uh, Lakers this past week, and he was going up against LeBron James, nonetheless. But interestingly enough, in that game. That was the first time opposing players each had a 15-assist triple-double in NBA history. Uh, in that game, he recorded his 10th career triple-double. So that was in his 77th career game. It's the third fewest games to do that. Oscar Robertson, uh, Oscar Robinson did it in 32 games. Ben Simmons did it in 71. But after that game, he had another triple-double where he scored more than 25 points. So he is the youngest player with consecutive 25-point triple-doubles in NBA history. That was his 78th career game. Oscar Robinson accomplished that same feat in his first five games. Uh, oh, but man. So that's incredible about Oscar Robinson. But still, Luka Doncic off to a great start for the 2019-2020 season. My player of the week is also in the NBA. Detroit Pistons' Andre Drummond is the first player with 25 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 blocks, and 3 steals in a game since the Dream. Akeem Olajuwon in 1989. That's an almost 5x5 five five performance there. That's incredible, man. 25, 25, and 5, and 3. Did they still win or did they lose that night? I, have to, I, I didn't even look it up. They probably lost. It's the Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> no, they actually they, they I, did end up Pistons, I don't think, have been too bad so far. No, they've been all right, but we were early in the season, so who the heck knows. Hey, by the way, speaking of plays, uh, players of the week, here is your play of the week, which came really unexpectedly. He's walking. He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive, kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at, they're trying to corner him, and they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around. Oh. Uh, hold on, hold on. Around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands. And the fans are running for their line. Now it goes back on the field again. And it's running in the back of the end zone. <laughs> Kevin Harlan? Yeah, Kevin Harlan. So last night, the black cat. Okay, wait. Before, before He's he- so good. I heard uh, there was a play-by-play. We played this, was it a year ago? Was it two years ago? There was a streaker on the field, so the TV wouldn't show it. Yeah. But it's a, so Kevin's doing uh, the, the play-by-play on radio. And he was doing the ra- the play-by-play of this guy running and how they were chasing him and tackling him. It was the most epic call. It was really it had nothing good. to do with the game. Actually, they were commenting on how that was the most interesting and compelling thing that happened that game. It's a pretty boring <laughs> game. Uh, hold on. Is it? Might be this one. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, Kevin. Oh, they got him. Here comes coming the blue from the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. 50. He's at the 40. This is of the squirrel. Side, five to the one, touchdown! 
That was a jackrabbit who Kevin Harlan had to call that one. Uh, oh, such it's so good fun. Stuff. Kevin Harlan's fun. He's a just he's just a flat out fun dude. He is. I love listening to his calls. Yeah. Somebody stop that man. And by the way, the you're right. The streaker game, twenty one nothing Rams or yeah Rams. So yeah, you're right. The most entertaining part of the game was. A streaker. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, Eric's got to disappear. He's got to get up to Utah State football practice. I'll be here. We'll break down more Utah State football. We'll get into some national stuff as well. And then in the next hour, you're going to hear from Sam Merrill and Craig Smith and their thoughts as they get ready for Montana State tonight. Again, Opening night for the Aggies. 8 o'clock here, uh, but then you have a 7 o'clock pregame on KVNU. So next door, right, on uh, KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM, Al Lewis and John Russell and uh, Jalen Moore. They're going to be doing a great job. Doing the pregame one hour before tip off for every Utah State basketball game. And then as soon as it's over, they'll be on again taking your calls and breaking down what happened there in the spectrum. Oh, there's a cat. A black cat has taken the field. A black cat is running from the 20 to the near side, the 10. From the 39 in Dallas, here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Caught at the 35, went to the 30. Now the Cat running the other way, and so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25, to the 24-yard line of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a catcher on a 15. Now the Cat is stopped at the 50. So is it bad luck for the Giants? Is it bad luck know. for the Cowboys? I don't know, but they've stopped playing. The players with hands on hips are watching the Cat run and zigzag all over the field. The Black Cat is at the other end of the field. He's Black at the Cat eight. doesn't know that it was last Thursday that was Halloween. Thursday oh, night right. football, yeah, not Monday night football. He's a little bit late. Now he is sitting <laughs> and looking. Now he's at the five. He's Who brought walking. the cat? He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW, people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field. And the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive. Kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at they're trying to corner him. And they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands. And the fans are running for their life. Now it goes back on the field again. And it's running in the back of the end zone. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Object Salveson here on 445. Your time is we close up the first hour of the full court press Utah State men's basketball plays at 8 o'clock tonight 7 o'clock pregame on KVNU want to tune into that don't forget post game is after the game as well here uh, share your thoughts on this basketball team Let's see how it goes uh, the college football rankings by the way come off uh, or at least come out tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN uh, they'll reach the top 25 teams. I, I remember last year when uh, Utah State was was trying to fit themselves into that mess. In the top 25, of course, that is, not the top five. And I was, uh, I was at an event where Coach Wells was there. And we thought for sure that without a shadow of a doubt that Utah State would be in it. No matter, I mean, we, no doubt that they'd be in that top 25 ranking. 
for the playoff. And the rankings came out that night. And midway through the event, uh, the rankings were announced. And Utah State was nowhere to be found. And I went to Coach Wells during that event and I showed him what the top 20, what the 20 through 25 looked like. And I remember he said, huh, well, guess we got to go win this week. That's the thing is, look, being in this top 25 in week one's cool, but it matters if you're in the top 25 in week six. People are saying, oh, well, if you don't make, you know, the the, the top 20 now, are you going to make it in three weeks? Well, that's three weeks. We have ranked matchups like crazy from here to the end of the six weeks, including, as we already mentioned, Bama LSU play this Saturday. Penn State, Minnesota, both undefeated play this Saturday. Boise State still has got to play Utah State in two weeks. I guess next Saturday night. No, sorry, two weeks. Sorry. Two weeks, my bad. November 24th. We're close to that. No, sorry, 23rd. November 23rd. So, the every the national pundits saying, well, it really is going to be interesting and it's going to tell a lot where Oregon stands in this top. No, it's not. It's not going to say, I mean... Things could easily change from week one to week six. Look, look at what they said in week one last year, and where we're, and what six week six ended up being. Eric's uh, top five is as follows: five Clemson, four Penn State. How about that? Three Ohio State, two Alabama, and one LSU. Now, when you look at the uh, when you look at the rankings as of right now in the AP poll, LSU, Bama, Ohio State, and Clemson, and then Penn State at five, and then the coaches poll: Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State at four, and Penn State at five. All those teams are undefeated. One loss teams are still in the mix: Georgia six, Oregon seven, Oklahoma's eight. And Utah's ninth. Baylor's 8-0, but they're at 10th. That's due to their weak non-conference schedule. Utah's going to run the table from here on out. Look, their test of Washington is now come and gone. They're going to run those next three games, run the table, and be in the Pac-12 championship. What they need to have happen is Oregon be in that championship on the other side. They have to play Oregon. Oregon needs to take care of business as well. So you have a top 10 playoff. Excuse me. A top 10 conference championship. That's what they need. Desperately need. So my top five tonight as a prediction. LSU 1. Ohio State 2. Alabama 3. Clemson 4, Penn State, yeah, Clemson 4, right? LSU 1, Ohio State 2, Alabama 3, Clemson 4, Penn State 5, yeah. 
I just had to make sure I counted that correctly. If Utah and Oregon can make headway and find each other at the end of the rainbow in the Pac-12 championship, one of those two teams will be playing most likely for a college football playoff spot. If Minnesota beats Penn State, the door opens for Utah and Oregon. If Penn State beats Minnesota, they're going to have to wait out till the title game. I mean, but these playoff rankings, again, week one is fun. Week six is the truth. That's what these playoff rankings are. Week one is fun, eyeballing, you know, exciting. Week six tells you everything that you need to know and gives you the truth. And the problem is, is that with a team like LSU or Alabama, if LSU loses in overtime to Alabama, LSU is not going to drop six spots. They're not going to drop five spots. Heck, they might not even drop three spots. You lose to Alabama by three in overtime, say, you're still in the top five if you're LSU. And vice versa, if Alabama loses to LSU, you're still in the top five, which doesn't bode well for a team like Clemson if Penn State wins. So, again, my five, LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, with Penn State behind them. Eric, LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, Penn State, and Clemson at five. By the way, his highest G5 team, Cincinnati. My highest G5 team, Cincinnati. SMU would have been in, but then SMU lost. I'll take a break, wrap up the first hour, get you ready for the second hour. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Wrap up the first hour here, RJ Salveson, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. In the next hour, we'll get you ready for Utah State basketball. Again, game at 8 o'clock, pregame on KVNU at 7 o'clock. You can call in with your thoughts and questions after. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press here on 106.9 FM. Wait, hold on. Sorry, that's 56. I read the clock wrong. We still got a minute. All right, in one minute. Uh, again, Utah State Aggie pregame at five, 7 o'clock. Game time, 8 o'clock tonight. You'll hear from Coach Smith and Sam Merrill. And then you'll also, uh, we'll, we'll give you our keys to the game. You'll, we have some notes for you, by the way, thanks to the USU uh, Media Relations Department. Uh, they've sent out some notes on the game. Some fascinating numbers actually come with this of Utah State playing Montana State. The funny thing is, you know, the role reversal about this, and we'll get into this more in the second hour, but the role reversal of where these teams are, where they were last year to start the season, and where things are this year. And actually, Coach Smith, you'll hear him in the audio. He actually talks about that. If you missed the first hour, you'll be able to find it on our podcast platform, and we'll find it on 1069fm.com. Coming up a second hour, for real. Jared Cole. 
I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Dallas Cowboys beat the New York Giants last night in New Jersey, but it wasn't Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott who got the most attention. It was a black cat that ran onto the field in the second quarter and stole the show. It's not clear who suffered the most bad luck because of the wayward feline. Possibly the Giants, who fell to 2-7. Or maybe it was left over from the Jets, who lost to the Dolphins. Or maybe it was the officials. More specifically, the New York office. The home office once again refused to overturn an obvious pass interference call. The entire pass interference review rule has turned out to be a joke. But overall, there's still plenty of good luck for the NFL. This little black cat was a subtle reminder the game isn't quite as serious as we make it out to be. Football's supposed to be a fun viewing experience, one we can share as a country. That little black cat has provided tons of great content today, even if the bad luck continues for both of the New York football teams. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.